do a podcast. When you're alone and life is making you lonely, you can always go downtown. When you've got worries, all the noise and the hurry seems to help, I know. Downtown, just listen to the music of the traffic in the city. Linger on the sidewalk where the neon signs are pretty. How can you lose the light so much brighter than Forget all your troubles, forget all your cares So go downtown, things will be great when you're downtown No final place for sure, downtown Everything's waiting for you Good evening, Jennifer Good evening, Ed Good evening, Josh. Welcome to the Gleeful Podcast with Josh, Jen, and Ed. You can find us online at gleefulpodcast.com. On Twitter at Gleeful Podcast, I'm at Josh Burnell. She's at Jenny B. Creative. He's at Edward Giordano. Jennifer. Yep. <laughs> you reaching for something? You're like, little, what is that? There's a little fly. <laughs> uh, it's, this is funny. I listen to a lot of podcasts where they're not in the same room together. <laughs> And, uh, like, none of them are in the same room together. And so if you're listening, you may or may not be interested to know, Jennifer and I are in the same room together. Ed is not. Ed mm-hmm. is on the... So Jennifer just reached for something over my head. Was it, It's like lint flying? It was a flea. Flea? Fly. A fly. Fly. Like okay. a little little teeny fly. All right. So she was, like, straight up karate yeah. kidding trying to grab <laughs> In front of his head. Uh, Ed, how are you? I'm doing pretty good. You know, just... Just like working at the the music stuff, it's it's like I'm I'm like at the point like musically where I'm like oh I'm so much better than I was a year ago, but now I'm to the point where I'm aware of my flaws. Like I'm not <laughs> I can't just blazingly boldly go forward anymore because I'm like oh now I know what's wrong. So, <laughs> so it's like you like you're I'm like oh like I get down on myself like oh, I feel like I'm going nowhere, but I really am going somewhere musically. It's just like. I just I now am aware of the issues that I'm having. <laughs> it's have you heard that um uh it's that Ira Glass quote he gave in some interview it's been repeated a bazillion times like you can buy plaques with it. But essentially his thing is he's like he says um when he first started creating things specifically doing radio he's like what I wish somebody told me is when you first start out you're going to generate a lot of really bad stuff and you just if you're you know, the the key to your success is going to be knowing you're still generating bad stuff. And as long as you have faith that you will eventually generate good stuff, you'll keep going. And you just have to like do as much work as possible to work through the bad stuff until you finally go like, Hey, I'm, I'm doing all right now. <laughs> it's true. I mean, yeah, that's like, like, I don't know. The album's coming along. I'm excited for it. I don't, I don't want it to be released until it's good, which may which may be a while. Oh, there you go. Well, but hey, you know, you you have all the time in the world if you want to take it. I I mean yes, but eventually at some point I will die and or the sun will blow up. So <laughs> so wait, I the need, sun's I going need, first. Need, yeah, which one's first? Wait a minute. Uh, well, I I I plan to live pretty long. So, but huh. the sun is going to blow up in like six billion years. So I'm going to take money on me dying first. I'm going to take. <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right. 
I th- I'll take that money. I, th- I think um, that's safe to say we all will. <laughs> well, let's. Uh, uh, we are here to discuss the latest episode of Glee entitled New New York and certainly a new uh, frontier for the show. This is our first all New York episode, or not our first episode to entirely take place in New York, but our first episode uh, where post it looks like Ohio. we're... Yeah, post, our first post-Ohio. There you go. Thank you, Ed. Um, um, I, I have a question. What... Okay. They said... They, I just want to get straight what time of year was this taking place because they said Blaine and Kurt had a discussion that it's been months so so last we left off it was May-ish and they said it's May, been June, months yeah. and it's cold so are we in are we in October land is that is that what we're led to believe the sense I got I, is it was what... September October land they kept in, in the opening they said that Rachel has been rehearsing for Funny Girl for six months now I don't know if they were trying to say that it's been six months since before because she's been rehearsing for Funny Girl all season um, but yeah, they but, did but the characters just kept saying it's been months it's been months so um, yeah I would say September October Jennifer yeah I'm calling it fall I'm, I'm I'm calling it fall and they were they were a bit more bundled up than they would be for um, say the northeast in September so yeah October's pretty safe I would say. Well, I, I imagine that's a byproduct of the fact that they probably, like, I don't know, they probably felt like, oh, God, we're not going to deal with the summer. We're just going to skip <laughs> oh, ahead. Right. We, need, we need Blaine to be in school. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Blaine was clearly in school, and everybody else was kind of, you know, back to their normal school the, time The issue-ish thing is Santana is on Lesbos Islands for four months now, at least. Yeah, that's a little... Well, that was a little strange. That was the one thing that kept me kind of going back and forth on this. How long has it been? And Apparently how much am I months, supposed to care? Or six months. Well, they she just said, love it. She said um, she got a return tri- tickets because I watched. So I watched <laughs> the new New York um, this morning with Josh. And then after that, I went back and watched last week's New Directions. And in that, Santana said, well, I bought us return tickets from Lesbo Island, but now... Um, what? Lesbos. Lesbos. Sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I thought she called it... Okay. Well, that's what Brittany was calling it. I was... Sorry. No, Lesbo Island is a movie you find on the internet. Oh, wow. <laughs> I wasn't really paying that close attention. Awesome. But I awesome did website. catch that then Santana got them tickets with all of her free jet blue flyers, um, yeah. vouchers, I guess, to go to Hawaii. And I think that was open-ended. So I don't know if they're back from Hawaii yet. It was it was a little up to it was a little vague, but I mean, yeah, personally, it didn't really bother me that much. I agree uh, kind of what you said, Ed. It was nice to kind of skip past the hey, we're in New York. I need to get a job. Where am I going to live? And they kind of just dove right into conflict. We didn't have an episode where everybody was just like chilling and and still have that kind of new new city smell Um, that we were all the way past kind of the the honeymoon phase ending and we were able to see them kind of dealing with things so in a way i thought it was a good move yeah it was a good it was a good move but i still i still give this episode like a b even though it was better than it could have been but that what's that's what makes it a b it wasn't fantastic (laughs) either like like this was better than it could have been but is it good i don't know jennifer how do you feel about the episode uh again having seen this before the one before i thought you know i thought it was pretty well done considering this was what they need where they needed to get to so um all things considered there are a lot of jumps you know a lot of a lot of leaps Mm -hmm. getting a little tired of you know rachel's a monster she's called on it now she's not rachel's a monster she's called on it now she's not you know it's 
getting tired. But um, but yeah, everybody's there. Yeah, I mean, not I'm, not surprised. <laughs> I'm kind of I'm kind of in agreement with with both of you. Uh, to me, it was a solid B, maybe even a B plus episode. I enjoyed it a lot. Um, the biggest, I mean, the struggle I have kind of on a personal level is this is not the Glee I ever wanted. To me, I a Glee without McKinley, a Glee that's not about finding yourself and is more about. I don't know. I, I, I'm not sure what this glee That's more is. More about yet. lasting for two seasons. Yeah, I'm yeah, exactly. I'm not entirely sure what this glee is yet. I'm not entirely sure what we're trying to accomplish with these characters right now. Whereas being yourself and being the underdogs and yada yada is what the show is about. That said, being underdogs in New York is you know if the show goes that way, I do hope to see that. Um, but I, I, I mean, don't as think far as do you think it's going to go that way, they don't I, not, like we'll in find what out. Aspect are they underdogs? Well, I mean, Rachel isn't, but they are in a very big city. I mean, you know, a lot of this episode was about struggle. It was, you know, Sam trying to, I mean, he did get a very easy modeling job, but he was suffering up to that point. Uh, Artie certainly had a lot of, excuse me, a lot of struggle on this episode. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I it, I think that there's potential for this to kind of get back to the glee that I want. But taking that away, it's kind of like, the actual activity of sitting in a chair and watching this episode, I enjoyed it. It hung together for the most part. It had some fun numbers. Um, some some people are going to bring up in voicemails things that I won't bring up now uh, that kind of worry me for going forward. But uh, but yeah, as far as being the first episode is what I, of what I think will be Glee for the next year and a half, um, I thought it was a pretty solid start. Uh, uh, Except for the very last moment, which I couldn't stand how we essentially finished the episode and the Mercedes went, hey, look, it's me. And that was it. Well, that, <laughs> that really it, bothered it's, me. It's, it's typical Mercedes and, and Glee action where yeah. where she's supposed to be a pinnacle thing. And, of course, she's tacked on. Yeah. yeah. Like, obvious. <laughs> like, it's, it's in Mercedes style. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that they're in, you know, if they're going, you know, full you know, full bore ahead with, um, full speed ahead, whatever, with the original New Direction kids, then you know what? Fine, bring them all. So, I, well, I mean, I'm not surprised. The, the rumor is that Santana Naya Rivera is, is like done with the show. I don't know. That's really? not confirmed. So, oh. I, and then otherwise, it's just, Rachel as the only female, so I feel like the poll for Mercedes is like, oh god, we need another female. Like, yeah, actually. I couldn't, I couldn't imagine this show without, I mean, without Santana and Brittany coming back because yeah. at this point, they're, you know, yeah, we've got one viable female on the show is Rachel, and then kind of our our, I I, I don't mean token as in her race, but token as in being the another the token female. female being Mercedes, which is kind of what Mercedes always was, yeah. um, well. is being kind of another token female, but not really have any, having anything to do. The other problem with Rachel right now is she's so on another plane from the other characters. It's almost comical seeing her in the same room with them. Um, it, it's, it's really hard to re- to kind of, you know, put her, uh, lifestyle and success in perspective with the rest of the other characters, whereas at least Santana would be going through the same day-to-day struggles as everybody else. Um, yeah, I can't imagine this show without Santana and Brittany. I mean, it, it, if 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 what I've heard, I don't know, I haven't really looked into this as much as I should, but if we are losing Santana permanently, we need 
another female because I don't think like I don't think Mercedes is gonna. It's not that Mercedes' character isn't capable of covering it, but they like set her up so well. Like like you're gonna have like you're gonna have jokes about her and Sam dating, okay? And then and Mercedes is gonna be recording her album. That is that is her <laughs> success. Like that is that is all that's gonna happen from her. So either they need to bring in Danny or they need to bring in another female. If we if we if we are in fact losing Santana, and even if we aren't, I still would say we could use another female. Oh no, like, question. Even, even, yeah, it, it is kind of funny. There, there's not a lot of area for another female to join the group right now. Uh, there's not a lot of room left for for new people. I suppose Artie could get a girlfriend or Sam, but uh, I, I, mean, I they, they, they had easy outs with bringing Tina along. But yeah. like, why do they have to cut? Why do they have to cut her out? Like, it's interesting. Let me walk. Because it's Tina. That's what they do. I mean, I understand (laughs) that's the reason. Yeah. But. No, this is what they've always done with her. Even when she's in the room, she's cut out. So, yeah. I was surprised they did that that switch at the end of last week. Oh, yes, where Tina was going to New York and then. Then got into Brown. But the good. I mean, so we're talking. She's in in Rhode Island, so she's, you know, only three and a half hours away, three hours away by train. She's. And we will see her a total of three times over the next season and a half. (laughs) But she'll at least get a line those three times. There you go. Whereas if she's around, she'll just be ignored. (laughs) I also suspect one of those three times will be her in the background. (laughs) <laughs> but yes yeah, so we're getting a little crap in the chat room because i think a lot of people really did love this episode and yeah. and i enjoyed this episode a lot like uh you know as typo <laughs> just said even dawson had to leave the creek uh you know but the difference <laughs> is true. that show was about dawson and this show is about glee uh but i will say this it was a solid this was a solid episode and if this is what we have to come for the next season and a half you know, at least they're going all in. Like, at least they're going to... It seems like if this episode demonstrated anything, it's that uh, they're they're fully committed to mm-hmm. New York. They're willing, and they're to, willing to try. I, yeah. I think I think the difference between this episode being the B episode and the potentially A episode is that the song selection just did not hit with the storylines enough. I agree with that entirely. Like, 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 it was just like, like you were doing that silly Emma Button song right at the beginning... From Life in Mono, which no one even knows that record, and then, <laughs> and like it just like nothing like I don't know it, which is it was just a potpourri of songs that didn't matter to the storyline. I'm sorry, wait, 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 wait. You're you're saying Downtown was an Emma Bunton song? That is how I know it. Oh, I if I could if I could reach through <laughs> a Google Hangout, I would I would Calm down, knock Josh. you. The- <laughs> Have, have, it, have you heard her version? I was double checking. I was. I checked her music video to make sure that it was in fact the exact same song, and it is in fact the exact same. Oh, song. Oh, it is. It's been it, recorded a million times. It's it's downtown. It's, it's, it's many. I, I think it was probably even first recorded before she was born. Possibly. <laughs> it just. It just what I know it from, and I don't know. It's yeah. I wanted. I wanted yeah, the I mean, song to hit Clark. harder. Like what it was written in '64. So. Yeah. So <laughs> I mean I know the Petula Clark version. I yeah. mean there's a million versions. Dolly Parton did it. <laughs> and I, I also think they could have they, they chose to keep the the non modern style harmonies in the song and I would have preferred a modernization of downtown. A sleeker downtown. Like like 
like if they wanted that to work, it just like it was like too nostalgic in terms of styling for my taste and for the scene. So for me, the show actually felt more Broadway. Like I felt more musical theater rather than glee club, um, you know, pop cover performances. Yeah, very I mean so the musical took it. the musical style in this episode was you're right. It was much more sophisticated than than in episodes past. Downtown being a very old style song done in a very old style. Mm-hmm. You make me feel so young like right back to back. I'm thinking, wow, we're really kind of reaching back. They wrap up with people. By the time they got to like like, you know, and don't sleep in the subway. Like, these are all very yeah. old school songs and done in a very old school, sophisticated style. Um, I don't know if that's a tone they're trying to set going forward, but I agree. It felt kind of oddly. The music in this one was kind of what I think it felt like an afterthought. It was my least favorite part of of this episode. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't feel like it was an afterthought. I felt like it was just a tonal shift in, you know, kind of setting the stage now for more i don't know like <laughs> m- more smash or something interesting less less high school glee and more you know broadway smash yeah i mean we could definitely i i there, didn't have it, that much time to put together many thoughts on it but that was just <laughs> kind of an impression well let's go ahead and take well, a listen oh, if, if it is smash smash was if it's if it was successful it was all around the same production and it seems to be there's no issues going on with funny girl and even if there are <laughs> issues with funny girl what who cares besides Rachel? Yeah, like, no one else yeah. is it. No, it, yeah. funny girl's a hard thing because you know something like nationals or or you know the school play affected everyone that is involved. And funny girl, you're right, has nothing to do. There's with There's no but Rachel. culminating conflict for all the yeah. characters to yeah. even rally around or even pretend to rally around. Right. Well, I'm not saying that I think they're going to focus on you know one person's career and. Or, well, I mean, it is Rachel. <laughs> they will, they will do. They will focus a lot on that. But it's just, I feel like they're just, you know, changing the scenery. So now it's New York, and now, you know, it's, it's not all musical theater, but a lot of it is. So I just felt like it was kind of, you know, the. I mean, you said well, mature, but maybe it, yeah, yeah, something like that. Growing, I can up see what you mean. Yeah, kind of setting a stage. And for I'm not the saying new lives. right, and it's not it's yeah. not like I think that they're going to shift the focus of the show to follow one Broadway production, but yeah, just kind of, I think branching out. Well, the show it feels to me like this show shouldn't even be called Glee. It should be called Rachel's Glee. <laughs> like is what it should be, is is what it should be called. Well, but I would say up to this point, most of the New York plot lines were either centered around Rachel or kind of hangers on the Rachel um, on the Rachel clothesline. But this really was an episode, I think, where they were trying to give depth to the other character's struggles, oh, which yeah. is partially because they had so much more time. I mean, it, it, in that regard, I think Rachel kind of got kind of got pushed aside in this episode because as you said there's no conflict in funny girl funny girl is like a foregone conclusion at this point and we're gonna gonna get opening night in a few weeks and you know it's it's gonna be kind of done well well all that being said i thought the most compelling storyline was the claim stuff yeah well here let's take a listen to their uh they did you make me feel so young so let's take a listen to you make me feel so young uh, and then we'll come back and talk a little about claim uh here is chris colfer and darren chris on the gleeful podcast feel so young 
You make me feel like spring has sprung Every time I see you grin I'm such a happy individual The moment that you speak I wanna run and play hide and seek I wanna go and bounce the moon Just like a toy balloon You and I We're just like a couple of tots Running around the meadow Picking up all those forget-me-nots You make me feel so young You make me feel there are songs to be sung Bells to be rung And a wonderful fling to be flung And even when I'm old and gray When I'm old and gray I'm gonna feel the way I do Today so, Ed, who sang this song? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, don't, I don't know this song. I was like, oh, God, that individual. Dude, am I going to have to free? Dude, I'm reaching through the Google Hangout. You don't so know you make me. It's at least you, you should recognize it from commercials. <laughs> yes, for, like, that's true. geriatric medicine or yeah. vitamins or erectile <laughs> dysfunction. I'm watching television. I don't. What, what is, what oh, is, that's what right. Commercial. commercial. <laughs> what, is, what, is, what is the commercial? <laughs> the com- a commercial is one of the four clips they play during every Hulu episode <laughs> because they only have like four of them and they're all annoying. Um, yes, this is You Make Me Feel So Young. I suppose made famous by like Frank Sinatra is probably the most famous version. Um, this, I, I thought the arrangement on this, I love when Darren Chris kind of sings these old standards. I think he has a nice tone for for delivering them in an authentic way while kind of bringing in a little bit of a modern pop player. Um, and this, it was well suited for Chris's voice, in my opinion. I enjoyed this. My only problem with it, it came so close to downtown that it felt like this kind of the same tone twice. And that uh, annoyed me. And I thought it was a bit of a shoehorn because you make me feel so young when they're 19. But, or 18. Well, but that's just one's me. 18 and one's 19. <laughs> yeah, one's 19. I kept thinking, like, could I have lived with my significant other... <laughs> <laughs> when I was 18. No. 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 That wouldn't have gotten well. <laughs> Jennifer, uh, how'd you like this one? Oh. <laughs> you Could right. you have lived with your significant other when you were 19? <laughs> Probably wouldn't have been wise. <laughs> uh, I won't say why. But, um, yeah, I mean, I thought it was I thought it was cute. I understand. So many bad jokes. I, yeah. <laughs> I understood what they were going for. I really tried to just accept and embrace a lot of this again you know they, they had to move quickly to set up the whole situation and, and everybody living there all at once on top of each other I was like yeah I mean so I, I thought this I thought this was a sweet little episode a, a sweet little performance and I get it I mean I thought it was I thought it was I mean, I, I know you're not the hugest fan of Elliot or his acting, whatever, but I just think... I adore his singing. I hate his acting. <laughs> I thought he was good. I, I liked him. And I, I I just, I liked that, um, you know, that little lesson that he was imparting on, on Blaine. You know, it's like you can't, you know, it's the city closes in on you enough already. You, you can't be forcing somebody to be closer to you in every way and physically, so... 
you know, well, give, he had, give him a little and, breathing room. And Darren had that great line, uh, you know, room, I thought room was distance, but it's actually room to grow. Right. And then they go to, you can't, if you're listening, you can't, but if you're watching the video, uh, he, he, Darren has that line, you know, and he gives you room to grow. And then they cut to Star Child and he goes. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the goofiest smile ever. But yeah, I mean, it was, it was, it was a cute song. I mean, like this song, I think might have been a little outdated, but it was still a fun performance. Uh, Ed, as a as a long time, uh, I don't know, on the fencer about Clayne, uh How did you feel about Clayne in this one? Um, surprisingly, I thought it was fantastic. Like even 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 with their resolution, I was like, I am like th- my complaint with my complaint with Clayne was always that they. It, it felt it didn't feel deserved their relationship and they like in they put it in a situation where where they where he had to like where they have to earn it like they're like oh we realize that we are going we are we are too young for this <laughs> to be like so perfect yeah so. I, I mean and this one I liked it. I like the reality of it. I like Clean as a relationship when they bring reality to it um well reality beyond the fact that they're an 18 year old and a 19 year old living in a loft in New York. But when they kind of actually address genuine relationship emotions, glee reality. And I like when I like when Blaine is imperfect. And in this episode, he was imperfect. He was imperfect in a very Blaney way. uh, And and I enjoyed that. Um, And yeah, the, the stuff with Elliot was really cool. I also, (laughs) this is a really small thing, but when Elliot said he isn't attracted to Kurt, he's like, he's cute, but I'm not really attracted to, him like there are people who forget that every gay man isn't attracted to every other gay man Mm -hmm. like it's somehow in your blood that the fact that he also likes penis you obviously want that uh it's it 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 felt very human and it Mm -hmm. felt like a really nice moment um yeah i i enjoyed a lot of this episode i think you're right ed i think it was nice to get some actual depth to what they had to say yeah and that was a legitimate struggle I mean, you know, it's it's one thing to be dating, but then, yeah, to be living in a very small apartment with, um, well, okay, not that small, um, but living right on top of each other with other people so fast and, you know, Kurt being, you know, Blaine's only outlet in the entire city is, is rough. So, yeah, it it um it was nice to see how that, you know, played out, okay. resolved. No- I'm so not. I've, I've done, I've done <laughs> experimenting with lemon blueberry pancakes in my life recently. <laughs> Ooh, that did and, sound and good. The, the the key the key to a good lemon blueberry pancake. I was like, I need more lemon juice. I need more this and that. What really took them from just being okay to actually lemony was lemon zest. That was oh, oh I was yes. Like, I mean, I didn't I didn't Big think it was so important, but but it, yeah. it it's what makes it. It is, no, lemon zest lemon is zest. better than actual lemon. Yeah, like, lemon juice is tart. Yeah. Lemon zest is like a burst of uh, yeah, yeah like, perfect. Like with the lemon juice, it was like, oh, this faintly reminds me of citrus. But with the right. lemon zest, you're like, oh, there's lemons. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ooh, I so want to make those now. <laughs> I finally didn't suck at making grits this morning, so maybe maybe lemon blueberry pancakes will be my next. Ooh, I like adventure and oh, sorry, my next, adventure. my next, not her. Yeah, my next challenge. Uh, and obviously, as KQ said in the chat room, uh, 
glitter glitter rock vampire, I think is what he that said. That was so cute. So awesome. So you know well what? described. I actually really liked that, you know, they had a musical moment that felt very real and yeah. natural, but it wasn't this big blown production just for the sake of it. I was like, okay, I believe that these kids actually like music and like performing and like, you know, doing the spontaneous stuff. It was just really adorable there's i mean there's moments like that that i think the show is actually lacking um like in a in the movie once uh which if you haven't seen i don't know what you've done with your life um in the movie once there's a scene on the on the bus where they're driving and uh the story is the director was kind of like hey and then you guys kind of like goof off and play a little song and glenn hansard improvises this song called like crazy hoover hoover sucker guy or something like this um and he just improvs it and they giggle and whatever sucker man yeah something like that uh and so they 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 so they end up like when we saw them when we saw the swell season live the audience was like you have to play that song and he just made it up on the spot when they happen to be filming but there's something about that the immediacy of it and the kind of lack of filter, um, which is very endearing and is very much like what those magical moments of making music with people is like. Glee doesn't have a lot of those. Glee doesn't have a lot of unrehearsed moments. Um, it's not really about that. And so to get one of those was was pretty unique in the run of the show. It was really nice. Uh, I will continue to say I think that I, I think that Adam Lambert's great on the show, but I don't like his vocal or his acting does anyone want to defend adam lambert before we move on i really like him i think he's very natural and i think he's adorable and yeah i i don't have any i have no more issue with his acting than i do the rest of them so all right okay i would rather i would rather not lose him is my exactly uh, oh yeah i want depth to him if he's gonna stick around we gotta we gotta get more of him i I feel like See, unlike with Blaine, where we, it took seasons to get to depth. I feel mm. like with, at this point, I'm still okay with not, full with a, without a fully realized Elliot. We have we have hints of what's going on, but we I'm okay with not knowing the full picture if we're if with the promise of getting to that picture. Yeah, okay, I'll buy that. What I want from Elliot, I'll be totally honest. I want um, a drug problem or a disease. Like for there's all it's all I need. Really? It's, it's really small, but the show that's one thing the show has never got like really gotten into they, is a drug problem or a disease. They gloss over everything. Yeah, but like and really, they gloss I over see. I, I want. Uh, <laughs> oh, go ahead. You want? Oh, I I was saying I want like him to be like trying to get into the music industry. And unlike Mercedes Jones selling at a Seven Eleven parking lot and working out for, but like, like, like actually dealing with image back to create the image that would mm-hmm. work for both him and the record label. That's what I want to see to show an actual going. struggle other, yeah, totally. other, other than fifteen minutes pouting in a parking lot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I can see that. I, I mean, that would be interesting too. I mean, Rachel just showed how easy it was to get into. You know Broadway, but and then Mercedes yeah. demonstrated that apparently you can get a record deal in one mm. meeting. Well, 
Uh, which still bugs me. Uh, let's talk a little bit about Blam. Uh, Blam in this episode performed Best Day of My Life. Uh, and let's take a listen to that. This is Darren Chris and Cord Overstreet on the Gleeful Podcast. I had a dream so big and loud. I jumped so high. I touched the clouds. Best Day of My Life by Specifically Not Fun. And Ed, what do you think about Best Day of My Life? What I love about this song, because it annoys the crap out of me, but I've like, I've come around to like, love hating it. I hate (laughs) it. Like, to me, it's just, it's like a list of words that are used by lots of artists. And then uh, like a checklist of like, have an oh, 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 melody. And, (laughs) but ultimately, ultimately, all that being said, I've like come around to it because it is fun. And it brings joy and maybe I shouldn't be so critical on music and that, but I probably still will be but it's it, it at least succeeds at what it does it isn't like it's trying to be fun it isn't fun at least it's fun I guess but it is it isn't it isn't actually the band fun of course well that's the thing Josh like this is correct. totally the band fun it like t- it, there's oh, nothing about this song that is anything other than the band fun i thought it was them because it sounds so much like that other one that we heard all the time when we were in hawaii so even hearing this makes me think of hawaii which isn't a bad thing actually it's kind of nice the, a buddy of mine is uh best friends with this guy jared gorbell that was in a, a band called the honorary title had a bunch of records did a solo record um, and he's Kelly Osborne before she had uh, orange or purple hair. Um, but and he was like this this like 90s style rocker dude and then he teamed up with Blake Sennett who is a music producer and was in Rilo Kylie and they created this new oh, band. I know that band. Uh, they created this new band called Night Terrors in 1977 or something like this. Uh, and I'm like, oh that's cool. Like the guy from Rilo Kylie, like indie rock, like got some meat to it, lots of throwbacks to the 60s. And then the guy that did these like 90s rock ballads, like anthems that'd be awesome what are they gonna sound like together what do they sound like together they sound like fun like they sound like fun meets imagine dragons meets mumford and sons and that's all anybody sounds like right now on pop rock radio it's kind of hilarious you got well, like those are your three choices that's what people want that's no i understand want. but it's, it's like- so li- it's so like specific like none of that that sound didn't even exist five years ago and now they're so aggressively chasing it it's like everybody wants to sound like they're in a visa commercial 
I'm such an old man. Hey, right? Visa pays Visa the pays, bills. Yeah, right? <laughs> Visa pays decently for sync licensing. Seriously. <laughs> you and, were- I, and I totally, I hate people that say, like, that go on, like, there's no good music today. So that's not what I'm saying at all. Uh, because I actually do, I don't re- like this particular Great Big World song, but I like all the other Great Big World songs, and they're kind of in this vein. Uh, but, you know, like, there's plenty of good music out there. It's just funny. You turn on the radio, and it's like, is this one Imagine Dragons? No, but it could be. <laughs> I had that same moment recently with the new Philip Phillips song, Raging Fire, and I was like, is this Mumford and Son? No, it sounds like Mumford and Sons, therefore it is Philip Phillips. <laughs> yeah, yes, yes, okay, I got it, I got it, got it. <laughs> See, I was broken when That's I heard funny. a One Direction song, and I thought it was Mumford and Sons. Like, like what? No, story of, <laughs> story of my life was like written by Ed Sheeran. Of course, it sounds silly. I mean, not silly, but like not. I, d- I don't not think like... I know what a One Direction song is. I mean, I'm, I've heard one, right? Well, you've heard "That's I've... What Makes You Beautiful." Is that the One Direction song? If you don't, uh... if you know one song, you know, and that's what makes you beautiful. Uh, oh, that's what, they, they did, did this, it on Glee. Yeah, they was like, <laughs> okay. I've heard it on Glee. I think yeah, Glee was the Glee. first place I heard a Justin Bieber song too. So. Baby, 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 oh. Whatever Sam did. Baby, 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 no. 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 I don't know if there's other Justin Bieber songs. That's the only one I've ever heard. There are other Justin Bieber songs. Justin Bieber's like Motley Crue. Everybody knows him. No one knows a song by him other than Girls, Girls, Girls. (laughs) And maybe Dr. Feelgood. So let's talk a little bit about Blam in this episode. Sam, I... I like this this plotline for Sam for some reason. Sam is working for me in a weird way. This episode had a nice balance of of dorky weird Sam and like mm-hmm. and kind of deeper Sam. Um, going to the model house and meeting the other Sam. My only disappointment was I was like, oh, we finally get like a genuine girlfriend for Sam that's going to last more than two episodes. Uh, nope, not even she didn't last one. She didn't two even minutes. make it through two scenes. Yeah. But Sam oh, yeah, what, what happened to Pam? One. What happened? Or Penny? D- well, Penny, but Pam was there. Ship. I shipped Pam all the way to the bank, yo, and it did not Aww. pay off. <laughs> Jennifer, uh, Blam, and a little Sam in this episode. What do well, you think? you know, I mean, well, okay, let's not write off Penny so soon. She could possibly be called to one of his photo shoots because one of his fellow models mixes up too many drugs so you get your drug story you get your nurse in there I don't know. you're yeah. far you're thinking it. far too much about this because there's no <laughs> nurses in new york um yeah i actually i mean of all of the you know um of all the struggles or or in new career searches or career searches that people are going through i mean this one i'm like i can actually kind of see this one going as it's going for him and I, I do like him. I mean, I, I didn't like when he was the ultimate simpleton. You know, I mean, yeah, he's, he's sweet and, and, and a bit naive. But, you know, I mean, that, a lot of that can go away with, you know, time and experience. So uh, I hope the city doesn't, you know, eat him up and chew him up, spit him out, whatever. <laughs> um, but I, I liked it. I think, I think they're sweet together. I mean, I've always been a big fan of theirs. Yeah, them as a duo, them as friends work really well. The only thing in this episode is I thought Blaine and Starchild make an interesting friendship that I would be curious to see more of. But no, you can't beat Blam. I mean, as, as, you know, hetero life mates, they're pretty awesome. Well, I mean, I think that's the other thing, too, is just, you know, 
showing people as friends, you know, guys as friends without, yeah. you know, any, um, you know, sexual tension or unwanted sexual tension. Or you competition. Know, or competition, just having them be friends. I mean, there's nothing wrong with having a healthy friendship. <laughs> I mean, I suppose it's less, you know, interesting on TV, but... Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm enjoying that aspect and it, it, it seems like the right thing for them to do together. Like Kurt said, you know, like I got to experience all my firsts. You should be able to have those firsts here in New York. And, you know, Sam would be, you know, a great person to do that with. Yeah, I totally agree. Ed Blam in this one. I mean, I'm always a fan of Blam. Uh, how can, <laughs> how can, how can one not be totally is the, is the, is the real question. <laughs> and, and and you know the Sam as a model Sam in that world like one of the big things I like about Sam uh, joining the New York crew is that everybody else is at Niata and Sam expands the world at uh-huh. least by one degree he expands the world outside of specifically you know it's why I loved when Kurt was at Vogue because mm-hmm. it gave another shade to the oh, world remember, remember that plot line yeah right yeah. Can we, can we, at the end of the season can we do a list so like years top ago. five plot elements that were completely dropped by the writers totally. and that one made <laughs> so much more sense than him trying to be at niata totally. like him being at vogue and having a band on the side that zero sense it, no that oh makes, you mean no, that oh I, being I, at vogue and having a band on the side yeah makes totally. total sense so he has you know both of his creative outlets you know his his passions mm-hmm. but it, being at niata like watching him do that stupid mime class today i was like it just it just felt so so forced and lazy like, totally. he, he doesn't need to be at niata anymore like we're learning that and maybe he'll drop out but we're learning that oh people can do other things in new york and not get into the easiest school ever <laughs> the easiest heart school to get into yeah right, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's uh, let's take a listen to Don't Sleep in the Subway, and we'll check in with Artie in his first episode of New York. Uh, I think every other... No, Artie was in New York for, for Nationals, so at least uh, this wasn't the first time we've seen Artie in New York. Here's a bit of Artie. Um, this, I'm sorry. Here's a bit of Kevin McHale and Lee <laughs> Michelle performing Don't Sleep in the Subway on the Gleeful Podcast. Walk out on me when we both disagree. Cause to reason is not what you care for. So Ed, who sang "Don't Sleep in the Subway, Darling," I assume it was another Spice Girl. I do not. I see. I don't. Know, I didn't know both of these songs. Which I guess is another issue. When the song, I, the songs I did know, I was like, oh, oh god, American authors. This is also Patula Clark. Um, yeah, this is. This was a fun number. I didn't love this number. Uh, again, I, I kind of felt like it was 
like I liked it, but it kind of went direct to commercial too quickly. Like it didn't feel fully fledged, fully fleshed out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's such a it's such a short short song, and it went straight through. Yeah, so it kind of felt like is that a real scene? <laughs> And the other thing about this is I always forget what it is. It has such a long, different intro. Yeah. I always forget that that's the song that's leading up to. So. Well, this is, it's one of those it. songs where the hook and the rest of, and the, the verse and the chorus are two practically different songs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, this is a, a sweet one. Uh, so we had already in this episode get mugged on the subway. Or not really mugged. He got his bag stolen. Well, that's mugged. Um, okay. Mugged, mugged doesn't have to be assaulted. I think that is the definition of mugged, I believe. Yeah. Uh, so Artie got mugged on the subway, decided he didn't want to be on the subway. And it was, I loved this. I was excited to have Artie in New York to have this conversation mm-hmm. about being handicapable in New York City. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I was really down for this. Jennifer, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, we talked, well, I mean, it came up when he was applying to schools and he didn't want to go to schools in New York for that reason. But yeah, I mean, I felt like they they addressed it pretty honestly. It wasn't all good. It wasn't all bad. You know, it had its benefits for getting around. And yeah, I mean, I thought it was well done. I mean, it, it, it had a, you know, it was kind of full resolution thing. And now he's, you know, geared up gung-ho, ready to ride the subway again. So, so that's good. I mean, it probably got about as much, <laughs> you know, even more attention than some of the other storylines that have been you know teased and dropped yeah that's true ed uh artie and Liam and rachel in this episode um it was you know it was i enjoyed how it transitioned from in like it brought in rachel to the artie storyline so i thought that was a great job with that for sure and i yeah definitely the artie thing i was like it felt very real it was the underdog aspect of glee that we're not getting really much at all anymore so it was it was good it was real and i liked at the beginning he's like oh you know in a city meant for walking like it's kind of has an advantage having wheels so he so yeah <laughs> there was good yeah. there was bad yeah and therefore it was real <laughs> but i do like that it kind of now going forward next season we're not going to we we shouldn't be finding ourselves at moments like well how did he get there you know, it's like that's not going to be one of those lingering things. So it's sort of like, okay, we're addressing, you know, that's the, a really good the, point. We're, we're the yeah, the mobility issue, and we're done. But um, <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I I felt that that whole scene with you know the town car and and Rachel, uh, you know, abandoning you know Sam and and Kurt like that. Uh, not Kurt. I'm sorry, Sam and God, Artie. Sam and Artie <laughs> like that. It was. It felt. Like, of all of her diva moments, that one just felt very, you know, plausible, very real. And you just really, you felt, it's like, well, Sam's not going to abandon his friend. And his friend now feels bad for holding him back. So, I, I thought it was, I thought it was really handled well. So the one the one struggle I had, well, one of the struggles I had with this episode was that Rachel says, okay, so you and I are going to take the train together. Here's the challenge. Rachel's already in Brooklyn, in Bushwick, and Artie's going to school in Brooklyn, and Rachel's got rehearsal on Broadway. So if you know anything about the geography of New York, that doesn't work at all. Good <laughs> that thing doesn't I don't, even I work know a nothing. little. Yeah. So, so I can... 
Good thing I know so nothing. Essentially, I can she'd take the train two stops. Like, like, maybe if he's yeah. w- if he's living in Bushwick with her, yeah. then they're taking the train two stops, and then she's taking it all the way across the river, and then up. Like, and it doesn't work at all. Just, just trust me. You're thinking like, if you think of it in a triangle, she's in the top peak of the triangle and Brooklyn is in the bottom corner of the triangle. It doesn't work at all. But it would be, I would like to see where Artie's living. I imagine he's in the dorms in Brooklyn. So he doesn't have that far to go. Yeah. Unless his wow. film school got relocated to Manhattan. Obviously. <laughs> yeah, it's, obviously. It, 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 it's, it's a Niata extension. Exactly. Who knew? <laughs> I I, apparently he was aware yeah. of this. This Clearly, totally Josh, happens. you missed the memo. Wow. Thanks, thanks a lot, Josh. Now I have something else to focus on and be distracted by. Well, it was kind of hilarious that, that they made such a point of her saying, we're going to take the train to work or just together every day uh when it doesn't work in the slightest that said i mean i don't know anything about lima so there's probably four people uh listening to our podcast that are like oh yeah the geography of lima was way off so you know it's tv at the end of the day yeah. Yeah. um and that's pretty much it they closed on people uh the w- the biggest struggle i had before we leave this episode was mercedes getting tacked on to the end i know i mentioned it at the beginning of the show but we should talk a little about this the very end of the episode i'm thinking oh we're gonna go to a commercial they're gonna play play the promo for next week and uh then you know they're gonna tell me that that uh, new girl's on next and i've never seen it but instead mercedes literally walks in and says guess who moved to new york and that's all the fanfare that she gets there's a scene later where we find out that she told her record company this amazing mythical record company that somehow exists in 1996 uh that she said i want to go to new york to record a record and they said okay and so she was moving to or to finish my record so she's moving there and they gave her lots of money and now she has a two-bedroom apartment which is gorgeous her apartment holy well, crap they, they play it down by having like you know dowdy flowery wallpaper but it is a stunning apartment oh the the exterior on that apartment it's is like a brownstone real it's yeah. like what they were in in sex in the city <laughs> even that which was unrealistic for sex in the city <laughs> but they address that i mean the, i mean the way the way this could storyline can work which it won't happen is that like this the record doesn't sell that at well and that she's in crazy debt or something that's like <laughs> that's where i wanted to go yeah uh but like, yes yeah, that, so, that's what happens that's real life oh, yeah. real life oh yes so mercedes showed contracts. up and i guess we're gonna have mercedes as a part of the season now well, uh, my question for you guys yeah. is how do you think mercedes is gonna fit in in new york a very different world than what her character has been set up to be in los angeles Will she fit into the group? Is there a place for her, Jennifer? Three words. Oh, three words. <laughs> Go ahead, Ed. Ed. <laughs> Park and bark. Park and bark? <laughs> that is it. That is it. That is her role. That's all she gets. Oh. Well, I mean, she's also now going to be the new um, landlord, technically. Yeah, to To uh, a couple of geeks from high school. So, I don't know. I mean, it could. I mean, I can't. I mean, maybe she'll just do more. Maybe she'll try to do, like, live club work or something. (laughs) But that's actual work. 
I don't know. I I really didn't think that hard about that aspect of it. And, and do we care about Sam Sadie's? Because from the trailer for next week, it does seem like there will be some some Sam Sadie's in our future. Um, for me, I, I well, feel see, like I thought. Seemed... Oh, go ahead, Ed. I said I felt I well I didn't see the preview, but I thought Sam, they just threw in the Sam Sadie's stuff just so that. They had some dialogue. Like I thought that was the reason. Like, yeah. oh yes. Like, okay, they're like <laughs> reference referencing like right. scenes with Sam and Mercedes. Oh, she did I will always love you. That's right. Mm. That's, <laughs> that's right. That's what happened. <laughs> so you don't think there's gonna be any Sam Sadies? Is oh no. Oh. No, I thought this was the this just to give them some dialogue. Just so they could address it so they can never talk about it again. They're like like that's like their new thing. They're not they're not not talking about things like they used to. We will talk about it and resolve it so that we do, we don't have to hear about how we don't right. talk about it ever. <laughs> Actually, that is that is the new that's the new glee thing. I kind of agree. Yeah, I, I can see that totally being the case. They just they took that off the table, so it's not going to be a distraction for us. It's not going to be like will they won't they type of thing. And when they each continue or you know continue to pursue their careers and um you know um, and i'm sure end up in other relationships that it won't be weird or we won't feel like oh well, how could he do that in front of her or, like how could she do that in front of him and um and sam's kind of a he's, he you know he's kissing tina one week and he's trying to kiss <laughs> on mercedes the next week or okay fine in my world it was okay oh so you mean he's 18 is that what boys do? <laughs> well, when you look like Sam. <laughs> that's, that's the PG version of what yeah, yeah. boys I know. do. I'm just, I'm I don't need. I don't need to. I don't. I'm not sure what my pregnancy population at my high school was, but it was far more than it should have been. <laughs> we only had one. Oh well, that would have been. It was a Catholic high school, though. A slow, that would that oh, would have been a go. slow month. Is <laughs> 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 well, a Catholic high school with only 170 kids. Yeah. Uh, um, we had a daycare so <laughs> we had oh, that, well, no, you that was pragmatic of them uh so yeah i guess for me sam sadie's feels too little too late like we've gone so far past mercedes yeah. as a character that to introduce sam sadie's at this point feels kind of done like i'd rather see her find somebody interesting uh preferably not that football player she dated for one episode um but i would like to see them both with more interesting people to be honest um but hey well, you know, yeah, I, I, feel I know like there's a following this, for her it's like sons of iron are crazy okay, sorry I can't. oh wait wait, wait. Do, i i um <laughs> sons of iron oh yeah no spoilers jennifer hasn't seen, seen the last no, 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 this isn't a spoiler this okay. is just this is a commentary on the show in general the the reason the show is successful when it is successful is because of its interesting side characters and what? that is what glee is going mm. to be dependent on in this starting well i don't know about starting now but actually like they need interesting side characters stat interesting <laughs> interesting yeah stat. you're right you're right I'll believe and that. then um and then I, I hope this is this is this is in case that the glee writers are or someone an intern is listening to us i would love to bring Marley back to her, for like like songwriting is a collaborative process, and Mercedes is looking for that last track on her album, and they, she flies in Marley for an episode. I mean, I know it's a bit like fan fiction, but at least I don't know. I just I just feel bad for all the people know. <laughs> give, give them something, people. It is like please. still carrying the flag for the 2.0s. So I'll make them live. You know what? I will make them live. <laughs> I I actually 
<laughs> you actually. I actually did kind of feel bad for them. I mean, I, I, I'm not sure what you guys said last week because I still haven't listened to last week's show. But um, as far as even, you know, the last, you know, the final farewell of the New Directions, I do, I did feel a little bad for them. They had no ownership of any of that except, well, no, they didn't even get to pack up the trophies. That no. was nope. all, yeah. like, that was, you know, Rachel like, was free it, that day. Love them or hate them, they were treated unfairly at the they end. Really, like, they were. Even, 100%. Unceremoniously dismissed. So I would like, I don't know, it would be nice if maybe we get some, I don't know. I feel like like they need to make appearances, if nothing, just to give them paychecks because they deserve it. Like, like they they deserve to be paid occasionally. They still got paid, even when they sat around and did nothing. I know, but but now they're not getting paid if they're guest star status. (laughs) But, But that's okay, they're getting married in real life. That's true. Aww. The pretty ones. And, well, I, I really hope I really hope Melissa Benoist and Blake Jenner's uh, Blake Kickstarter Jenner? went well. Went well. Indiegogo. Oh, I'll have to look that up. Well, while well, I'm going to look that up, Jenner, and while we do sorry. that, um, excuse me, uh, let's listen to some some voicemails. Uh, we got a couple, and here is listener Sonia. Hi, it's Sonia, and uh, to make sure that the co- the call came in clear. I had to wait to uh, to I had to wait until today to call because only today was it warm enough to stand outside. I live in Minnesota and it's warm today. It's 35 degrees. Anyway, um, I am both disappointed and relieved with the way they went with Elliot simply because, okay, we know that Elliot has to leave at some point, right? Because Adam has stuff to do, and uh, so with El- with uh, Blaine getting all jealous, I was worried that the reason Elliot left is because of Blaine's jealous boy pain, and uh, thankfully, that's not what happened. Instead, all of a sudden, they're friends, so my disappointment is that um, Elliot, like, uh, there was no grounds for Blaine's jealousy, which is in its own way disappointing. And um, it's disappointing. I don't know how to basically go into this properly, but it's, I don't know, I just feel sort of bereft. And plus, okay, I really want to ask you about this. Okay, uh, we know that Ryan Murphy likes Clayne, right? But the way that Klein has been written for so long now, this entire season pretty much, except for the, like, even the whole, when he said yes, he had to be talked into saying yes. All these things with uh, April making that comment about them getting divorced in a few months later, all that sort of stuff. Do you think they're writing for them to break up? Because that just seems bizarre to me, considering that we know Ryan is all for it. So I'm I'm all confused. That's all. Bye. Uh, yeah, I think they're definitely writing for them to probably have troubles. Yeah, well, you know, yeah, break up exactly what I was going to say. They, they aren't yeah. writing for them to break up. They're writing for them to have realistic conflict because they're like, oh god, we have to do something with this character for the next yeah. season and a half. <laughs> and if it's and if it's like Ross and Rachel land, that nobody likes that. So <laughs> this is this is a step in the right direction for them. 
I, yeah. I think so, too. I mean, I think, you know, yeah, they had their issues in Lima and then, you know, the long distance thing. But certainly living together is such a different experience. And then or even living in the same city and, you know, pursuing stuff, you know, a new life, career, school, friends, so forth. It's it's a lot. So to me, I feel like, yeah, they're just going to show because I am assuming they're going to end up together. In the very end, and I, and I think it's it's nice to see you know them kind of fight for something, and, and you know not just like in this case, not just break up because it wasn't easy, not just you know say, oh well, you know this is just the way it is supposed to be. They're actually actively investing time in their relationship by doing these things, and it would be nice to see that you know, actually lead up to something because, I mean, not every relationship starts up, you know, smoothly or, you know, every relationship has, you know, its ups and downs and, you know, verge of breaking up. And when you realize that being alone isn't your only fear, that you just being without that person is what you can't live without, then, you know, that's why you're together. So maybe they're they're showing people this isn't just, you know, for the fans. This is actually a real relationship that's going to have real struggles and and a, a real love story. That's pretty perfect. <laughs> uh, let's listen to a voicemail. We got uh, listener Joey's Baby. Hey, y'all. Joey's Baby 956 here. Um, I loved New York, New York. I just thought I'd call it and say that. Um I'm a huge cleaner, obviously, so this is super exciting. Like, we got to see, obviously, like, them actually interacting for once. Like, oh, my God, they <laughs> touch. The kiss is a bonus, let's just say. Anyway, I, um, I also just wanted to say that I'm really sad that this is apparently Adam Lambert's last episode. I'm really going to miss him because it's really nice to see Kurt interact with another male and have it not be like, ooh, he's hitting on them. You know what I mean? It was really cool to have that friendship. So I'm really going to miss that. Um, I also thought, you know, Leo was on with the comedy this week, and I loved all the songs. Um, I really can't wait for next week, so um, I guess I will listen to the podcast later. Bye. Yeah, uh, I, I had also heard that this is um, ostensibly... Uh, this could be the last time we see Elliot, but you never know. He can always come back. It I is... mean, you never know. I mean, how many times has uh, Sam been let go? Yeah, exactly. That was wild. I was really realizing Actually, that watching yeah. the episode today that, you know, Sam was let go twice. And, and now Mercedes was let go. Ass- essentially. Yeah, totally. So, so let it like, it's a soft let go. Like, <laughs> you're not, like, like, don't like, like, don't, we won't lose your number. So we'll call you. Yeah. We'll call you if you need you. D- type don't change your life dramatically. There you go. Uh, here is listener Emily. Hey, Josh, Jen, and Ed. This is listener Emily from Virginia, and this is my three-word review. Glee is back. If anyone out there is a community fan, then you know that this past season started off with what they called a repilot. Basically, they brought the characters back together. And ask fans of the show to just forget that season four ever happened. I feel like this is what Glee has done, and I applaud them for it. This past episode felt fresh and new and exciting. Nothing felt rushed. 
no scenes felt unnecessary, and none of the songs felt shoehorned in. Heck, there were not one, but two Petula Clark songs. You can't <laughs> get any better than that. Oh, wait, yes, you can, because Kurt and Blaine got to act like a couple who are in love and are also human beings, which means they have fun together, they argue, they get on each other's nerves, and they even, shockingly enough, touch each other on occasion. <laughs> this is the kind of episode that Clean fans have been waiting to see since season two. In short, this was a perfect episode for me. I almost feel like suffering through the past year and a half of utter nonsense has been worth it. Almost. Anyway, guys, good to you guys think. Love the show. Have a great night. Wow. Yeah, well, that, that is, was really great. That is a glowing review. Yeah. That was a very impassioned speech. Oh, I'm like yeah. I'm like I'm like I'm a little bit of a believer now where I'm like, oh maybe maybe this isn't the great episode that I'm wanting, but this is the setup for the great episodes that are to come. Yeah, I mean I really couldn't it, again, I only watched it this morning and then watched the previous weeks right after, so I, I you know, things got a little fuzzy. But I mean, I really had no objection to anything that happened and 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 now talking talking it through and hearing from other people it's like yeah i mean this is you know we knew this is where it was going to go so this was probably the best way possible that they could have done it and um yeah i'm i'm enjoying all the different experiences that the different characters are having yeah this was i mean you know like we said at the beginning this is a b b plus episode it was just not an a episode because you know to me the songs weren't i didn't feel that the songs hung together entirely and and you know it it was missing a little bit of that magic that makes it an a episode but uh as far as glee goes i mean this is gosh this is in the top of the season if not the well i mean it's it's hard to not say that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and we got one more voicemail from listener Marie. Hi, Gleeful. It's Marie. Long time. No call. Um, <laughs> I know a lot of people love this episode, uh, New New York. I found it a little boring. I've kind of realized I care about everyone most when they're part of the club. And it's like the moment they were all in New York together, like my affection for them dropped severely and I also know I'm going to get really sick of hearing only like those five or six or if Naya comes back seven voices so um yeah I know a lot of people loved it but I just was like I don't (laughs) there were too many guys and I just kind of got bored by those particular characters and even though I hate Will I kind of would have rather shed him at least he's horrible in an entertaining way. <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't like it. I can't really explain why, except I just like everyone better as part of the club. And I think you guys were right all along, but I also don't want to watch Lima with Marley. So it's, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I hope you guys liked it, though. So bye. And and that's the point that I was thinking of bringing up at the very beginning, but I thought I'd wait and let uh, listener Marie bring it up. Um, the, my biggest concern right now for New York is that we have a very few people to be doing the songs. I mean, when, when Glee was at its best, you had anywhere from, from, you know, you had like 10, maybe even 15 characters that could drop a song at any well, time. Now we've right, got like but five. I, I'm, 
I feel like our criticism at one point was that they had too many too many balls to juggle and and balls were ignored. True. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. So I I don't. I am concerned about the lack of voices, but at the same time, I'm willing to see it out because I I'd rather I'd rather everything be juggled and messed with, and not not ignored. Like I don't I I don't want Mercedes to become Park and Bark, but <laughs> that is that is where we're headed. If we if we if we suddenly drop five characters in the scene, Mercedes is dead. They might as well just shoot her with something. I, I mean, I agree. It's a concern. I, I'm more than happy to to see the show pursue a more interesting direction. I mean, I think that what this show, what this episode, if anything else, what this episode demonstrated for me is that there's a chance for New York to bring back some of the magic that that McKinley used to have. And that the show with a focus location, even though it's not the location I would have chosen, um, this works. This is a show worth watching. So yeah, I think they've demonstrated they they have the potential to uh, to bring things back on track, and I'm eager to see that that eager to see that happens. I think it was funny that you just said this is a new interesting direction. I'm like, ooh, the new interesting directions. <laughs> it's like their their new band name. That's what. Yeah, Lord. screw Pamela Lansbury. It's right? the new interesting directions. Uh, well, that's about. Oh, go ahead. What, what did they change it to? Yeah. Triple tones. Uh, well, I don't know, but I I just want to see that I want to see Funny Girl have some drama. Like having having Rachel as Jen has brought up at the beginning of the episode. Like having her like become a monster, become unmonstered is just (laughs) not acceptable anymore. And frankly, was barely acceptable this episode. So she she needs other conflict in her life. She needs to be like. I mean, a realistic conflict is just like, you know, I am doing a lot of stuff right now, and I don't know how to fit in everything. Yeah. Can you yeah. assist me School with... work, gotta give. Yeah. Yeah, one call yeah. from her counselor at Miata saying, hey, uh, you're failing all your classes, and we have conflict again. You know, it, it, yeah. it's not that far off. But you're right. The show needs to recognize that that's necessary, because right now... They seem to just be kind of, you know, circling. They, the same they, couple they just keep they they keep flipping. They flick the switch, the Rachel Berry switch. She's like, oh, she has a problem. It's resolved. Yeah. She has the same problem. It's resolved. Yeah. <laughs> same problem, different people. <laughs> slightly different, slightly different like ways of resolving it, but ultimately the same conclusion. So that is the uh, that is what we're headed towards. <laughs> yes. Well, uh, that's all I have for this episode, Jennifer. Anything else? Uh, no, somebody in the chat room, and I apologize, I'm squinting across the desk without uh, my glasses on, but somebody had mentioned bringing back Jesse, and that would be interesting, because... Jesse St. James. Jesse St. James, because, yeah, I mean, of course it could be a potential love interest, but they were also friends for a while, too, and I would like to see Rachel have, you know, like, I feel like she is just so work, 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 work mode, like, you you never get to see the personal side of Rachel Berry, you know? Mm -hmm. Well, what, what is stuff. what is the more okay? See, this is instant conflict. Um, let's say <laughs> an uh, extra and or so, like prop person is is Brody in mm. Funny Girl. <laughs> he he could be chorus. Interesting. He could be I chorus mean, or one of the dancers. That was I a mean, guy who got short shrift. I don't know. I don't uh, know if anyone's demanding Brody's return. Actually, yeah. I'm not really demanding it. I would like to see him though. I like I like Dean Geyer. It's just like on Australian. 
I, but I, it's built in conflict. Yeah. And like, there's, there's True. backstory. And yeah, there I mean, is, but okay. I think the way that their relationship ended with, you know, Finn punching him out and saying Rachel and our end game, I think that's like a weird one to come back from, whereas, you know, I mean, Jesse like, was friends with all reforms? of them. Like, yeah. can't, can't that be the storyline? And, okay, fine. Ultimately, yeah. the question is, who are we more likely to see back? Jesse St. James or Brody? Who is, who is the more likely return? <laughs> well, one of them has an HBO show. And yeah, the other exactly. doesn't. Yeah, one's living in San Francisco, and the other one, I don't know where he lives. If yeah, we only film eight episodes a year, I think Jesse St. James could Touché. find time. I would, I would much rather see them. And plus, knowing that they're friends in real life is kind of like... Like, I just, I liked the dynamic. I liked the dynamic, and (laughs) he knew all the other kids because he actually went to McKinley for a while. True, true. Yeah. A very good point. That would be be nice to see him come back. (laughs) Did he go go to McKinley? He did. Oh, yeah. He He did? Oh, God. You're right, he did. Oh, my God. Old school. (laughs) Roll it back, kids. Old school. Well, yeah. you, need, like to win. you need go back to your old high school where you were the star of your glee club. Save <laughs> yourself. Yeah. Save yourself. If you'd like to weigh in on anything we said tonight, you can email us at gleefulpodcast at gmail.com. You can find us online at gleefulpodcast.com. On Twitter at gleefulpodcast. I'm at Josh Brunel. She's a Genevieve Creative. He's at Edward Giordano. And you can find us on Facebook. Just search for Gleeful Podcast. Boom. I think you um, got it all. We will be back next week to discuss the next episode. That sounds like a I've, plan. I have, to, I've ta- I have to talk to you guys about that. Okay. <laughs> so maybe not next week. Uh, well, well, I mean, I'm just going to be in Chicago for Big Brother auditions. So I don't know <gasps> when I'll be back. Oh, really? Congratulations. Uh, well, I mean, it, no, no, not congratulations. They're the open call. They're yeah, the open. yeah, but... You never I'm know. I'm excited. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm excited. I'm always excited. Sorry. And Ed, you had a new episode of Nimbus Magnifica. Yes, that is. Check it out. Um, in case, yeah, it was it was a it was kind of like a short. Well, it wasn't kind of. It was a short fiction episode, which ultimately uh, devolved into just general genre discussion. So it was it was a nice talk. And I hope I hope I can get one of you guys on the show again. It was, I was like, yeah, it was. I was thinking about it. Like you know. The episode that I did with Jen was essentially gleeful with <laughs> Tiffany as with, with Tiffany as yeah. Josh. <laughs> with Tiffany as Josh. Uh, that was fun. It was a lot of fun recording that with you, Ed and Tiffany. Thank you. Well, for the Gleeful Podcast with Josh, Jen, and Ed, I'm Josh. I'm Jen. I'm Ed, and vote for Gina Irina. She is our next American Idol, if there's any justice in this world. <laughs> <laughs> Good night, everyone. Good night. Born to be a rock star If there's a meaning Can you show me a sign The more I look It just gets harder to find The world is spinning And I want to know why And maybe we will never figure it out I got a feeling That's what life's all about I'm learning anything Is possible now Take a ticket and get off the line. Take a ticket and get off the line. Let's take a ticket and get off the line. So sing it, take it, and get off the line. I was born to be a rock star. Have you ever heard a more Billy Joel song in your life? 
I just I'm listening to this song and I'm like, there's nothing rock star about that. No, nothing, <laughs> not even a little. If he was like, I was born to be a pop star. <laughs> I was born to be a rock star.